Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. You know it's me. It's Gabe. This week we have uh, Ryan Klashevsky, who I went to high school with, who I would not say, and I talk about this in the episode, I would not say we were in the same group of friends, but he's somebody um, that sort of found his way back into my life in the sense that uh, he plays music and some, I've seen him around the city before. And I thought uh, it might be nice to talk to somebody that I don't talk to a lot, particularly in comparison to AJ, who I talk to almost every day uh, on our phones. Um, Ryan, somebody I really haven't talked to in 10 years. And we weren't even particularly close before that. But I love this conversation. I thought this was a fantastic conversation. He seems to be somebody who really um, thinks deeply about a lot of things, about how he spends his time, about what he what he values, the music that inspires him. And I think you guys will really enjoy it too. So we're going to get into that in a second. But I just want to say tickets for my music and comedy show are going to be on July 30th at 7 o'clock at Caveat. The link is in my Instagram bio. Buy tickets right now. Cross-pollination at Caveat. Buy them, buy them, buy them. Um, it makes me feel better when those numbers go up and up. We got a house band. We got three headlining comedians. And Mel and Kim, who've been on the podcast. So buy your tickets right now. Make my life better and come join in the joy that will be that show. Uh, it'll be really fun. Uh, so here we go. Why don't you first enjoy this episode uh, of my podcast with the very interesting, uh, funny, smart, talented Ryan Klashevsky, everybody. Get into it. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, buddy? So I know what you said about wired headphones. You're fine. But we're going to give it a shot. I love it. I love um, how's the, it. How's the light? I can turn on this little light that does little. But oh no, you're good, man. You're sweet. good. Yeah, where are you right now? On my bedroom in Astoria, Queens. Oh man, where in Astoria? I'm on 29th Street. Where are you? In Astoria? Oh, yeah. we've, we've been over this. We have. Well, um, I just moved back. I just moved okay, back. Okay, right. Because I was going to say on past episodes, I heard you say you were in Garden City, but I'm on 36th Street, 36th and Ditmars. 36 and different oh okay you're up um okay so at the end of the train i'm at the broadway stop okay um, nice yeah but i like yeah. it up there i like it up there there's yeah, um, it's, uh, it's nice being the last stop in the subway because you can just sort of like <laughs> mentally completely check out when you're going places or coming back yes. rather Yes, and when the train's terrible and it runs express, you're just like, I will go to the end. That is fine. Yeah, you see people get off like, no, way good. Yeah, yeah. Very. How long have you been there? Let's see. Oh, man. Um, So we just, what month is it? July. We just re-signed at the end of May, so June 1st, for another Mm -hmm. year. And I guess that's like the third time we re-signed. Who's we? Who do you live with? uh, Me, Topher DeBona, and and Evan Doherty. Who, no shit. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so like that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, I always like am inclined to be like, oh, we went to high school with them, but I guess that's not technically true. We did. Yeah, we went to elementary school with them. Yeah, yeah well, you elementary, me, uh, me middle. 
That's right. You're a Stewart kid. You're a dirty yeah. Stewart kid. <laughs> dirty, dirty, dirty. Yep. I was thinking about this earlier, Ryan, which is that like I think one of the reasons well, you're you're somebody I wanted to talk to. One, because like we were not we were friendly. Certainly uh-huh. in high school we like, played baseball together, but I, we were not friends. Um, yeah, not yeah. Yeah. Uh like in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to Ryan's house. Like that never sure. happened. Sure, um, sure. And I was trying to think like, oh, like when I think about Stuart kids. Like, I think like there was like a group of store kids where they're like, they're coming, you're going to meet them. And they are up to stuff like this kid ran away. Like there was all these Stuart kids stories. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? This kid ran away. That's like yeah. actually a great story. So um, I don't know how much we're going to, I don't know how much we're no, name no, no. dropping you here. Tell, you, you talk out of school. I don't give a shit. But, uh, but it was actually uh, John Rendana, who I think is, I haven't heard a damn thing about him. I think he's probably doing okay. But in any yeah. case, we, him and I were at recess and he like, I was such a dick. And like, <laughs> that was like, you know, like this is like second grade, just such yeah. an asshole. And uh, yeah. we had a curse on this, by the way, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Thing? yeah. Not that I'm yeah, going to be like course. filthy, but no, no, no. Um, please. He like had this ball that he was bouncing and, uh, and I don't remember exactly how it happened, but like me just being a dick was just like knocking it out of his hand. Like he had said something to the tune of like, like nobody better knock it out of my hands or something like not those words, but that was like the message. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. And like knocked it out of his hands. So we got in like a little scruffle, John and I, and then like, this is second or third grade. And then <clears throat> as the teachers, and it was probably like a pathetic excuse for like a scruffle. But yeah. then the teachers were pulling us off one another. And then he, like, if he was the kid who ran away, that was, like, the incident. And he, that was, <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't inc- realize you were the catalyst. That's so <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> that was the exciting incident. So he, I guess oh he, and, but the thing is, he'd run away, like, a few times from, like, recess. And he lived yeah, so kids close are runners. to the school that he mm-hmm. would just, like, run home. And it was just like, uh, it was so funny that you bring that up. That that was just like such a specific moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, would, I was not a runaway type kid. I didn't. And here's the thing. Like, I don't know if I even saw a fight in Stratford School <laughs> Elementary. Like, we were good kids, right? I don't know what you guys were drinking over there across uh, Nassau the water. Boulevard. I the water. That's yeah. definitely what it is. <laughs> um, okay, so who was like your... So this podcast, I'm, I don't know what this podcast is, really. This is all a mistake. It's really, I've, I've blamed Shannon DeFelice before, and I don't really know what it is, but people like it, and so I'm going to keep doing it. Love it. Love um, it. I mean, the, like the, a, the, the little I've listened to, I loved, and I definitely plan on listening more. Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're, we're, we're expanding. So I like, AJ's like my really close personal friend. So like I had him this week and then you'll be next week. And like, who knows? We'll be, ne- it's really an impulsive thing. But like in, in Stuart, like who was your group? Who were your group of friends? Cause I don't Let's see. I had moved in to Stuart in like the end of second grade. <clears throat> so like I had that experience of like being a new kid for like a hot minute. Mm. And uh, let's see. I, I remember um like recess was big in terms of like you know like little boy territory thing like you know i just remember like topher and carney uh topher debona and brian carney like being like i remember like meeting up with them like at recess like as a new kid and like sort of like testing the waters and uh (laughs) like they as if they like ran recess or something yeah i I feel like those two probably were running recess yeah yeah, carney without realizing it sure yeah, you know I mean? just like, like oh yeah, little... I guess people want to hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> like the mafia style, second grade, you know, <laughs> kissing the ring and all that. 
<laughs> kissing but, um, the Brian Carney ring is yeah, very exactly. funny. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it was like uh, Carney and Topher and like um, Joe Bazetton, Pat Beerangle. Um, oh, yeah. Drew, Drew Lacurdo. Just a great group of guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I haven't. Those are names I have not heard in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, a few others. I think Nolan Gogler was was probably in there. Um, yeah, like, I was buddies with him in middle school. We had a couple classes together. I like yeah, that guy. Yeah, Mikey Nardone for sure. And it definitely, mm-hmm. uh, we all lived, uh, or a lot of us, in like such close proximity that, um, I mean, back in the days when people went outside, like kids actually defaulted to going outside. It was nice to be able to just like ride your bike to your friend's house that was right in the same section of town. And yeah. your mom, for what it's worth, isn't like super worried i mean definitely worried but (laughs) at least just some semblance of an idea of where you are yeah well where was because ours was edgemere basically and tullamore a little bit where was your like home base so hemlock park it's funny that it's like the parks i guess that's yeah and then i remember at some point i can't remember when but it, it maybe was like college or something i had heard like buzz that you know like people do not go to parks anymore and i was like that was such a sad thought Oh, that's you know, horrible. It was just so <laughs> sad. Like, that was definitely, like, the roundup. Because, like, your parents obviously weren't going in the park. It, like, mm-hmm. it, it was seemingly like a hangout. It was like a, a place to get away. It was Wild West a little bit, it right? Was definitely. Like, its own hierarchies and everything. Yeah. And, like, the, you know, the park attendants who were, like, looking back, I guess they were probably in, like, high school. They seemed at the time like they were, like, 30, of course. The coolest people on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then looking back, it was it was so reckless. Like, they were definitely enabling <laughs> a lot of, like, crazy shit. Like, as One far of them, as... like, swirlied my friend. <laughs> I was like, you're an adult. <laughs> Right. Like at the time, you think that this is so like, you know, like normal ish when you're in yeah. second grade. But now looking back, you're like, what the like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what, yeah. Could you imagine Have, like an 18 year old giving like a 11 year old a swirly? Like That's nuts. Yeah. They should be in jail. Like <laughs> I having worked with children, too. I'm like, oh, these people were not trained, <laughs> like not at all. They were just like, here's no. a dodgeball and some like <laughs> prepubescent children. I, I'm almost amazed that like worse things didn't happen <laughs> but yeah a swirly is like oh it's as bad as it got sorry yeah. glenn i know it was yeah. probably traumatic for you but um yeah, I'm, so, I'm surprised somebody like broke their neck after being like thrown from like a jungle gym or something yeah didn't happen but so yeah hemlock was definitely um was definitely that home base like jake dowling was another guy he lived right yeah. across from the park so like that was a nice little spot uh-huh. and like mikey and joe and pat and, and me we all lived in the moth section right there and nolan so it was definitely mm-hmm. uh <clears throat> definitely like proximity more than you know yeah it's it just like anything. you guys playing sports I can't imagine. Yeah, mostly just like riding around, you know, riding bikes around. A lot of just like riding bikes. I don't know where we were riding, I guess, to each other's houses, but yeah. Um, yeah. like to the mall or whatever, like Sears parking lot. But oh, uh, yeah, you guys could go to the mall. For us, that was a real trek. Yeah, yeah. That being right there and like you cut through the woods and like do some mm-hmm. shenanigans in those, like seemed like woods, which now it's just like you realize it's, you know, like 30 yards of brush. But at yeah, the time, it nothing. was like the, the, like the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, and then um, there's like, is that the the double day? Oh yeah, um, yep. Like, uh, what was that? I just remember. I wonder. I remember going there once, and there was like warm Miller Light, and I was like, where <laughs> am I? This is like a different. This is a Stewart thing. Yeah, and there was <laughs> again like looking at the stuff that you look back, like you don't know anything at that age, and then you look back and you're like, huh, 
Like that was weird. Like we used to hang out with this guy. <laughs> this sounds <laughs> absurd to say. But there's this guy, <laughs> Francisco, who was like, I mean, at the end good. of the day, I guess you like the idea is worse than in actuality. Like he seemed to just be like this lonely, like quasi homeless dude who was just like hanging out with really young kids for some reason which yeah. on paper like as i say it it sounds ridiculous but like a human, <laughs> like double day was like his spot this guy and we'd like you'd go there and he'd just be there drinking like a warm 40 i mean this isn't elementary school this is a little bit later on to be fair i guess like yeah sure you know early high school or whatever but just like <laughs> a spot to just go and hang out and like drink some beers which i guess it's better than you know it's sort of like I don't know if that's a lost thing just like going to meet up at random outdoor areas with your friends to like hang out but yeah it's definitely I mean part of it seems <laughs> now when I think about when you said nobody's going to parks I'm like oh yeah if you're just on your phone all the time and you're in a group chat yeah. with every one of your <laughs> friends that sort of fundamentally changes the type of hangout that you're doing absolutely I I can go in heavy on the the problems of social media but yeah um but like i was having somebody brought to me the other day like we were talking about how um how like now if you were sitting in like a coffee shop not on Mm -hmm. your phone just like you know sort of like pondering like looking in the distance or whatever you'd be a psycho like people would look at you and be like what is that person (laughs) up to which is so sad yeah like yeah if you're like or if you're you know you're like reading a book people you know, it, it would be not that it really matters or you should like really care about what people think in that regard. But the fact of the matter is like you'd be definitely in the minority, which is which is awful. But yeah, I'm trying to like wean myself off of it slowly. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's going poorly, um, <laughs> but just like, yeah, after this year, it's just like when you get those notifications on Sunday where they're like, you've oh. never not looked at your phone. <laughs> you're like, oh, I hate myself. Like and... you're looking at the, uh, what's the the app that like tells you, like screen time is probably what it's called. Screen time, yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, you know what? It's a shorter list of the time you didn't spend on your, you spent three minutes not on your phone. So you do the math. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's brutal. I'm trying, I read a thing yesterday. They're like, you should have a place for it in your apartment. So it's just like not on you all the time. It's like, if you want to yeah. check your text you got to go over to that place but like i i'm not disciplined in that way i'm disciplined in some ways but like that doesn't not yet at least sure okay good i like your inclusion of the word yet (laughs) that is key yet gabe yet but uh i wonder if the people who write those articles are even doing that shit like i wonder first you know like are they so you know better than us in that regard like are they like getting up and like you know stretching in the sunshine only to like make their way over to their designated phone spot like does anybody do that i don't know yeah like, I I do be, it, it feels like a, just a different type of christianity where they're like <laughs> um where they're like telling you how to live but like secretly did you watch um the righteous gemstones oh man you know that's one of those shows that it just uh it's been all my lists and with shows like, like that, like I know I've been told that by like my sister and my brother-in-law and oh, nice. uh, this weird like um, attraction to potential. You know, it's like I like keep mm. shows like that in the back of my mind. Like I like the fact that it's there unwatched, you know, so I'm like not in a super rush to go get there. I'm like, yeah, you know, like if I find the time. Well, also for me, I uh, I'm like so streaky with shows that mm. I'll watch a show that like I definitely like. And then 
we'll get halfway through uh, like a season and be like, nah, like I liked the show. I, but just for some reason, I was like, ah, I mean, too much work to like stay. I'd rather be doing like other shit. And so with the shows yeah. like Righteous Gemstones, I know there's one full season out and yeah. I'm sort of mentally like need to prepare like, all right, you know, and this like <laughs> however many weeks that I know I don't have a ton to do. Maybe I'll then do it as mm-hmm. opposed to like sneaking in an episode, loving it and then getting preoccupied and not watching it, which, I mean, I yeah. think it's one of the best problems you can have. It's like, oh, I'm not dedicated enough to TV. Like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a tough thing to, like, be like, I need to <laughs> I need to bear down and watch this television. You know, it's like we have enough distractions. I had that I thought. I love it. I've had that thought before. <laughs> I had this thought before about cheesecake, which I don't even really like. But I tried cheesecake somewhere, and I my brain said, "Hey, Gabe, you should get really into cheesecake." And I thought, "Why would I do that? That's such a stupid thing. I don't like it. It's bad for you. Why would I? I just but like the 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 part of my brain that says like you need to get into stuff." Like even yeah. like can't discern what's good and what's bad. <laughs> Let's pick something. Come on, something, Gabe. Something yeah. cheesecake. Yeah, yes. maybe I'll be the cheesecake guy, and like everyone will come over for cheese. And like I just, I just don't everyone know who I am. Over. Clearly, I love it. Everyone will come <laughs> over and try my like cheesecake. <laughs> oh man, people love my love for cheesecake, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I just yeah, we're all just trying to be a guy, I guess. Yeah, um, which is a, a very interesting, like infinitely deep topic of like mm. being the guy you know and like growing up <clears throat> you know you you like sort of unconsciously do play that game and then hopefully you get to a point where you're a little bit more consciously playing it like yeah. you ever like pick something up and or whatever it is and you're like oh i love the idea of like being the guy who does that yeah. like that's oh, fine yeah. but like if you unpack that and you're like all right well like let's keep an eye on that like you, you know you fall in love with the idea of like doing a, like appearing a certain way or something mm. in reality you're like all right like that's an interesting like like take a step back and and like figure out if i want to be the cheesecake guy <laughs> yeah i don't even like cheesecake yeah i don't I, even like now yeah. people are holding me to these cheesecake standards that Stan- i can't oh there's too much pressure <laughs> yeah real i'm gonna meet a real cheesecake person and they're gonna yeah, know i'm like, a phony poser. oh my god there's that makes me think of two things one is my one of my favorite mike birbiglia jokes where he kisses a girl in like element or in middle school and he's really bad at it and she goes like you're a terrible kisser and he just goes yeah that's kind of my thing (laughs) i'm a bad kisser which makes me laugh a lot just in terms of like everyone's looking for a thing even if it's being a bad kisser like i'll take it that is incredible that is so on point that's sort of Um, my thing that's great <laughs> and the other thing that made me think of is when you were saying that is I feel like I'm constantly being defined by what I'm not doing at any present moment. So like when I'm working with kids, I'm the guy that oh, that's Gabe, he does comedy. And then when I'm in comedy, I'm like, oh, that's the guy that, you know, work with sick kids or then when I was when I first started doing music, it was like, oh, Gabe's the guy that does music, but he also like he's the sports guy in the music group. Sure. <clears throat> but then when yeah. I was in playing baseball, I was like, oh, Gabe's the guy that does musicals, but while I'm doing sports. So like I'm constant, it feels to me like I'm, it's, it's never what I'm doing. That's de- yeah. like defining start, how I'm seen. You start like dancing down the first baseline. You're like, is this, am I doing both? Is that? <laughs> no, but like, got my down, wires like, crossed. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh my God. People are like, wait a minute. Like, that's fine. You're the musical guy, but keep that in the music room. 
but it's so true like identity being such a slippery thing and i think it's great to you know like if you're gonna bolster yourself in certain ways that's fine i just i definitely think you know awareness i guess is what we can just strive for like mindfulness Mm. in that regard like awareness like if you're becoming you know i think i'm like constantly toiling with it too you know like constantly unpacking it but on the one hand having like a chair with as many like legs as it can have in a sense because Mm -hmm. you have you know let's say you have like a stool with like two legs i mean let's not talk about like the the fact that that would tip over but for the for for the sake of the argument or example rather it's like all right if i'm the like i'm like the jujitsu guy right and i Mm -hmm. also like sing that's my that is my thing i'm I'm like i love it i don't need anything else like that's cool oh who am i to say like you know don't go too heavy into those things because whatever but it is just like the awareness is key because like what if happens you like something happens that prohibits you from doing one of those things or something of life happens like inevitably does and slashes away one of those legs of the stool now it's like fuck i was the music guy and then like i got that throat affliction and i can't sing anymore now like i'm you know oh shit my world's crumbling down yeah it's an interesting thing to think about i don't know no no absolutely it's a thing that i started that i was thinking about a lot when i was gonna when i slowly stopped working at summer camp um, which is just like, oh, like when I'm working with these kids, like it feels like this like weird, almost felt like a superpower. Where I was like, I go away for the summer and I have this identity and I love it a lot. And without that, like, who am I? I'm just like some fucking yeah. guy in New York City. That sucks. Um, and <laughs> oh, I'm just, like, and like, like, I guess that was it. That was it at, at its worst, right? Where I was just like, sure. like now I'm like, I'm doing okay, I guess. Um, but I guess that's fundamental, Ryan. Truly, to my question, to like what intrigued me about having you on the podcast, which is that um, somewhere between where we graduated high school and now you became somebody that like wants to uh, like expose yourself in a certain way as a musician. Mm -hmm. And I'm really intrigued by that. Like what, where was that pull? Where does that come from? And and how did it start? That's uh, that's a great question. And like, this is just so like, inevitably tied to like this conversation we were having in a lot of ways but um so we're so i grew up in a music household for sure in the sense that my dad like lost his lost his uh, or missed his calling as like a, a radio disc jockey just like knew everything mm. about everything about music which huh. on that um which uh, we can't hold a tune so there, there's that but um which is an interesting thing i've often like it took me a while to get there but like no wonder why like so many people in that generation like you had to buy an album and then like you probably listened to the whole album even the songs you didn't like and then you were like looking at the back of the album reading all the lyrics and like you knew what year it came out and like who was in the band and like who was the drummer they dropped right before the thing and mm-hmm. like now it's like we have these you know me myself i have like a playlist with songs on it like some songs i don't even know who they're by but like i like them and yeah, that's yeah. absurd that we have come there but now like i definitely digress so my dad, um, like music encyclopedia guy, definitely was huh. hardcore responsible for like my music education growing up. It's like blasting me with, you know, I guess it was mostly like Beatles, Bee Gees, like Elton John type stuff. A lot of yeah. singer songwriter, like Jim Croce type stuff, Paul Simon, heavy, heavy. Um, 
And then my mom, she was a singer when she was when she was young. Her and my aunt particularly, they were in a bunch of bands, really great singers. And so just always no having shit. been around singing from that point of view, it would like yeah. seemed normal to me and like I always I always sang like around the house and I I definitely like thank, you know, like the universe for that because then as later on, like fast forward a couple decades, when I decided I actually wanted to sing, there was like something to build off of, which was nice. Mm. But um, yeah, like I think my mom definitely took a, an approach to like parenthood that was like, I know she would have like killed to have me be like a musician and do, cause I think at one point she sort of, in some sense, like made a choice. Like she, to hear her tell it, she was like, yeah, I really, you know, music was everything in my life. And then I met your dad and like, well, they met in like high school, but as they were, you know, evolving together or whatever the relationship was, she sort of seemed like she had made a little bit of a decision to like pursue more of a stable career, um, lucrative, like safe yeah. in a sense. And like choose the whole family thing and whatnot, which was definitely like infinitely commendable. But um, where was I with this? So, oh yeah. So like her, her approach, I think was like, all right, I would love them to be musicians, all my kids, but um, I'm not gonna like push too hard. So it was always there. And then like sometime in like seventh grade or so, I took uh, some guitar lessons. Like my aunt had given me the guitar and took some lessons and like developed some some neural pathways, thankfully that I, again, I like I pulled on later, which was great. But at the time yeah. I was like, whereas I should have been like, oh, teach me some like rudimentary theory, like nothing too deep. But, like that's what mm -hmm. I would then give my previous self advice like yo get lessons on this and this and no. that will like be a great foundation instead i was like teach me to play blink 182 <laughs> you yeah know? of course yeah so <laughs> that was fun for a bit like a couple years even i stuck with it and then at some point i just like you know the desire wasn't strong enough i was like this is you know, this is really cool but like you know then like high school came and like it just wasn't um just like wasn't my life and i listened yeah. to a little bit of your podcast with Kim Foxen and it's just mm -hmm. so interesting hearing the differing paths, like just mm. infinitely different. And <clears throat> I think that's also a large part of it was like a lot of the socialization you go through as a kid. Um, it's like your parents for like a certain point. And then once you're like out in the world, which I'm calling like even as early as elementary school, a lot of the mm -hmm. socialization is just like your fellow peers. Like that's a lot of like where you pick things up and fall into certain paths. And I definitely did not have any musical friends in that regard. Like hearing mm. you and Kim talk about musical friends, I was like infinitely envious. I was like, oh man, <laughs> that sounds awesome. And like I yearn for that, like at this stage of my life, I'm like, damn, like, you know, going through harmonies with friends like that and like figuring shit out and like sharing that passion is like sounds so cool. And like you had spoke so highly of certain adults that were so instrumental, pun semi-attended in your life. And like, I definitely view that. I'm like, damn, that, that, that sounds awesome. But, uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, for, you know, uh, like continuing into high school, I sort of dropped it. I'm giving like the longest answer to your no, question. No, no, no. But right. I'm so happy. Truly. I never it. I'm working on my, my storytelling. I think I give too many details, but no, in no, any this case, is great. This is great. Um, so yeah, anyway, I got to high, uh, I got to college and like brought my guitar and was just like, it was a great, I didn't like anticipate having that much downtime in college. Like you sort of go through a few classes and then you have just like the whole day. And yeah. uh, that was a great time to sort of like reestablish my relationship with the guitar. 
which really is a great relationship to have, like not needing anybody else, but sort of just like being able to sit down with an instrument or your voice or something. There's definitely like a power to that. And anything where you can sort of like push yourself along the line and develop confidence like that, definitely there's some confidence that comes there. It's like I'm doing this thing and suck and I do a little bit and like you just suck a little bit less. And there's something that like feels very good about that no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And then like halfway through college, I came home like, you know, you come home from college and like you see all your friends like, oh, what are you up to? Blah, blah, blah. And I came to Topher Debona and he was like, oh yeah, like I'm playing a little bit of guitar. And I was like, oh, no way. Like I picked it back up as, as well. And uh, uh-huh. Will Mignon was like in that circle of time of like hanging with Topher a lot. Yeah. They were like getting together and like jamming a little bit and like writing some stuff. And then um, like fast forward a little bit and like Topher and I were hanging out a bit more writing some stuff. And uh, then like we both graduated. I was living at home in Garden City. He was in Manhattan. And then we just like eventually started living together. And uh, that's, you know, now fast forward however many years and him and I uh, are in a band together. Sideways Pave and Co. Shameless plug. Yeah, no, follow them on all, all, on all, the, all the things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think um, that's like more or less. I mean, definitely more than less. My story. No, no, no. That That's fantastic. My question now for you is you. So you're. I met Topher's like your best friend in um, certain definitely sense. like what? Well, yeah. In, in certain in, respects. A, in that tier. Sure, sure, sure. And you live together and you collaborate yeah. that seems like yeah. a that seems like a lot it definitely is a lot for sure i mean, I mean just like talk a lot of shit about topher i guess is my hey, you know what okay we're at CDC <laughs> here uh, no but it's no a but lot. i want to know about that relationship you sure. know what i mean like and and to be honest this is ridiculous but like it feels at times like almost a marriage like how i would expect that to be or like sure, living with a girlfriend it's like in in the sense that um you know, you don't have a lot of sex. You have like sex once a month. No, I'm just kidding. No, but <laughs> in the sense that like somebody who you really like at the end of the day, like you definitely yeah. ride the ups and downs. And um, yeah, there are times where I'm like, all right, like this would probably be easier if we didn't live together. There are definitely times where I experienced that. And then there are times I'm like, oh, it's awesome. We live together. Like we can just, you know, roll out of bed and do our thing. And then like sort of like meet downstairs and like sort of jam on some stuff. Like there's mm. definitely some give and take. Um, so it, it is a lot, but I think, um, I mean, we're here like however many years later and we've made it work. We haven't killed each other yet. So yeah. I think there is something like there is a, a fundamental like common denominator that we share that makes mm-hmm. it all work. I think, yeah. um, I mean, living with anybody, regardless, like you, like living with anybody, there's going to be shit that, like everything comes out every little thing that you didn't, you know, yeah. it's like somebody can be your best friend. I've had these experiences too. where like this best friend. I couldn't imagine anything would go wrong. And then we live together. I'm like, I want to kill you. I, yeah, yeah. for the sake of both of us, we need to end this living arrangement because this is going to yeah. go south. Like let's save what we can. So there's that. And then like, you're right on top of that, like the collaboration, like that's such like a fickle slippery thing, like, you mm. know, creating in itself and like, figuring out who you are in that sense and then with another person. But uh, like I said, I mean, you know, I think we're both like easygoing to the extent and sort of like open to the extent that uh, we make it work. But yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's definitely been a journey. It's been cool though. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I have one, I have more questions about collaboration, but I want to take a step backwards for a second because mm-hmm. in college, I feel similarly in that 
like I had a lot of music friends, obviously, and music teachers that were important to me. And it was a big deal in my life for a very, very long time. But I also had like a core group of like idiot friends who would like, like sack tap each other and like, yeah, of course. Stupid <laughs> shit, you know what I mean? Like we played nutball at summer camp. Like, yeah. like we were idiots too. And for me in college, I love that group of friends. Like they're the best, you know, the Sean, AJ, Milky, beat out the whole crew. Great, hilarious group of kids. Yeah. I like wish yeah. I was closer <laughs> with you guys because like in high school, even like, you know, when you're in high school and you're like, ah, oh, like I wish we were friends, but like your little high school identity is like, oh, but it's like, that's just it's too different. Too yeah. difficult. And like, how would it even work? But yeah. I always like looked on and was like, oh, those kids are fucking awesome. Yeah, we were having fun. AJ brought a girl once to to sledding with us, and we were like, "This is too much change. We can't, we can't have a girl here." Like, like we Get were like, out, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay, uh, you could have just not yelled that at me." Yeah, yeah, we were not. We saw somebody. This is such a stupid story. We were sledding once. Though. Everything happened on the golf course. We used to swim in the Garden City Country Club Lake. Like before wow, like the what? night, the night. Yeah, we were gross. We, the night before school would start every year in high school, we would just be like, all right, let's just wow. go swimming. <laughs> yeah, we were incredible. Like, we were like gross kids. I love um, that. But one time, one time we were sledding. It was like senior year and um, Katie D'Antonio and I were going to the same college. And so we walk up Which the college, hill. By the way, remind me. It was I, Hamilton. Okay, cool. And we get up there. I'm like, oh, hi, Katie. Like. We just got into the same college that like we're going and and then there's silence and Sean just goes, Oof, what is this Mount awkward? And I, and I think about it all the time. He just oh, sabotaged. It was just so, so, so funny. And like, I'm sure she does not remember, but it just makes me laugh all the oh, time. That's great. That is um, so great. But the reason I bring up like my idiot friends um, is that I think when I got to college also, like you just like, like you're right you do have more time and you just have more time like alone mm-hmm. we're like who am i like what do i actually want to do by myself right and so when you're picking up so this leads to ultimately to a question for you which is that like you pick up sure you bring your guitar to college but lots of people bring their guitar to college oh, and very so, few people then uh, then spend their 20s writing songs with their friends true um what do you start like is the guitar a place where you're like feeling different emotions? Are you, is it, is it an outlet for you in a certain sense? Like where, where are you getting your juice from it? Besides obviously like songs. Sure. And like to that point, I, for what it's worth, I don't think I was ever the kid to like, there was definitely like a circle of, of people that, like at my specific dorm, that was like the hang. And I, I don't think I ever brought my guitar out there. Like definitely, well, first of all, I, don't, I didn't feel I was good enough, but you're, mm. you're so right. Even my roommate had a guitar. My, my freshman roommate who I was paired with had one. Of he was course. actually okay, but that is just like such the college thing to do. Like bring your guitar and like, hey, yeah, I brought mine. Like, of course. <laughs> Man, I was but, trying um, to hook up, Brian. I brought my guitar. Okay. Yes, of course. <laughs> like you just have it on your wall. You don't even need to play it. Like, oh, yeah, that, yeah I'm, just, I'm too drunk right now, but ask me later. But um, I think what was like a, a large part of that was growing up, like I said, in such a musical household that music was always such a large part of my life and like mm. definitely elicited, like bring up really strong emotions in me. Um, I definitely consider myself, I guess, a bit, if we're talking like on spectrums, a bit more emotional as far as like that, like trait goes. So like I, I feel like I I definitely 
like feel I would say I, I feel things pretty deeply in a lot of senses and like music definitely has always had an impact on me of like making me feel things definitely that nothing else like ever has or will and it started yeah. out just uh, from a listening point of view just purely a consumer which is like yeah. feeling awesome and then I think it was like wrapped up in a few things like definitely one of the things I don't know about like the order here necessarily yet but mm-hmm. one of the things was like oh man that feeling like holy shit if I could give that feeling to one other person well I guess mm. this was preceded by like the belief like I could do this you know like as you start to play like the most miraculous moment of any guitar player's young life is when you can like pretty consistently change between chords instead of like oh like struggling to change the next one but you can sort of like confidently change in between like four chords and then Mm -hmm. finding out that like you know the like the whole concept of different keys and that like each song could if it's in the same key like i know uh what's the group um something of awesome what was it the key of awesome is that the yeah the axis of awesome yeah 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 so like that um like before that video even came out like you figure out like wow these are like every song is the same chords like holy shit and then yeah. that like gives gives way to the feeling like oh, i could i could probably do some iteration of this and mm-hmm. then um and then that leading to the next like damn like that feeling is so powerful and it's mm. so like almost nameless and like we don't even have language for it. It just exists mm. as a feeling, not words. If I could yeah. give that to one other person, that would be pretty cool. Like if I can make one other person feel the way it was almost like a cosmic like obligation type thing. Like, oh man, if mm. I've like taken so much from music, if I could give a little bit back, like that would be pretty cool. And then yeah. that was one of the things. And then even like jamming with people in college and like somebody had brought like I guess next level up from bringing a guitar to college, like somebody brought a drum kit at, um, mm. and they, they lived a little bit off campus. So like going to his place and jamming a little bit and, um, like being able to hang with somebody for like an hour without ever saying a word, like verbally, it was really cool. And that was, I can't think of any other things or many things in my life, at least in which that's the case. Like you can just hang with somebody for an hour and speak volumes without saying any words. Like that was a really cool experience. Um, yeah. I guess that sort of like all led to it a bit. And then I feel like um, I'd already put in some of the legwork with like with singing. Like I, as I started to like, oh, let me see if I can like play and sing at the same time. That yeah. definitely uh, came like sort of easily, I think relatively speaking. Like I didn't feel like that posed a super, you know, monstrous obstacle. I wasn't like, oh, I cannot sing and play at the same time. I was like, oh, this is like doable. And then yeah. once you do that, you're like playing the songs that, gave you so much you know like joy now you're playing them that was just mm-hmm. like a really cool thing and uh Were yeah you I think that, like, all sort of in college um no uh, the the short answer is definitely no like there might have been one like there was like a couple open mics which were like both joyful and terrifying but uh yeah yeah but um no not really De- no not 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 so much i mean that's that's sort of that's really interesting to me in that you're getting so much joy out of all the <laughs> out of all the labor parts of it. That I mean, that's sort of evidence I think that you were really digging it. Yeah, but like you weren't even getting. Those are always like my favorite people, um, where it's like, oh, you're not even getting the adulation of a crowd. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, this is how I'm spending my alone time. This is what I like. Yeah. Um, and so when does 
And so again, a lot of people do that in college and jam and hang out. And not everybody, again, spends their 20s living with their songwriting partner, like making it a big priority. Sure. Post-college, when do you decide with Topher, like, oh, like we want to perform, we want to make an EP. Like, so and, it definitely, yeah. I don't know if that was, yeah. So it definitely, no, I, I think it happened a little bit organically. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny you say that. Like, you, 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 um, you know, like frame it like that. Like, live with your songwriting partner. Like, that is what is happening. But at the time, it didn't really feel like that. Or at least, like, we didn't think about it in those terms. Or I guess we did, but it wasn't so. Well, in any case, so he was living in Manhattan. I was living at home in Garden City, in my parents' house. And, uh, like I'd go to his apartment every now and again and like I'd crash there and he had some songs written and I had like some half songs written and um, like we'd play them together and, and that was really one of the first like in college there was a few times like my buddy with the drum kit and like toward the end of college I had met some really cool people who like I enjoyed making music with but as far as anything in the realm of long term like or even you know beyond like a couple sessions Topher was my first real like uh like songwriting jamming partner in that way um so i'd go over his house a bunch to manhattan and then one day it was like oh man this would be cool you know wouldn't be cool if like i didn't have to commute from the city to like spend a night or like go home late or whatever like wouldn't it be a lot more convenient and fun and productive if we just like got a spot together and that's at a time too when like if what's on your mind is is moving out of your parents house which i know like for a lot of people it is um you know like living in long island instead of oh early 20s i was ready to get out I oh was yeah like, i needed to i know do that. yeah i like should i save money nah like let's just <laughs> blow it all on rent and yeah you yeah. know but um so yeah it was a time where you're sort of deciding like oh who, who am i gonna live with like who this that the other thing and it just like seemed like the uh like the natural progression um uh-huh. i think a lot of people um, yeah, I think you sort of just like feel out who's on the same pages as you because, you know, there are sort of like new pages and branches and directions you're going through at that age. You know, mm-hmm. when you graduate college, it's funny, like I was saying, like, you know, you you come home from college and see where everybody's at and you're sort of like, you know, maybe like covertly or overtly, like gay, like sussing people out like, oh, like, oh, you're into that now, which also goes back to our thing about identity. It's funny to like. When you come back from college, like you, you know, but you brought in a new skill. You're like, oh, by the way, like I'm that guy now. You're like, yeah, yeah. Absurd, but I'm actually a good kisser. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I dropped that old bag, bad kisser. I'm a good kisser now. That's my mom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, um, <laughs> so you're sort of like sussing people out. Like, all right, um, you know, like, are we on the same page? This, that, like, whatever our interests, this, that. And for Topher and I, definitely was like very apparent. Like, all right, we're not like necessarily moving to Manhattan, like go out every night. That wasn't like my MO. Um, I know, you know, everyone's on a different, on a different page, but when a lot of people we knew, like that seemed like that was more of a priority. You know, I, I was like a little bit more, I don't know. It just like, we were, I guess the short answer is like Topher and I were a bit more on the same page in that respect. So then mm-hmm. it just like led to us, you know, living together. Yeah. And when you start performing together, I don't know. It's so funny. If you if you were a comedian, I'd be like, I know exactly the places you were going to, the people you were hanging out with. Like, if you're, but if you're singer songwriters, are you guys doing playing covers at bars? Are you sharing we original of, songs? Like, for, for, for better or worse, I think it would have maybe done us a little bit, <clears throat> a, a bit 
it would have done us some favors to, to work on some covers. I mean, it's always great to work on covers because, you know, you're you're like simultaneously perhaps not to your knowing, but like you're learning song structure and it's like good practice. It's something else to put in your bag of tricks. It's a yeah. good move. And like, especially, you know, you can like rework it, make it your own. It's a cool thing. But for whatever reason at the time, we were like, nah, like even though we weren't even, you know, we weren't even like, we didn't have... It's not like we had this large catalog that we're like, oh, we don't want to do covers. But for some reason, we were just like averse to doing covers. Like, no, let's just like do our own stuff and like we'll make yeah. it work. So um, not a lot of covers at first. And we were big into – so we were living on the like lower Upper East Side. It was like 63rd and 1st, mm-hmm. which like isn't quite the Upper East Side, but um, sort of. Anyway, like Parkside Lounge was really big. That was like our – that was our spot mm-hmm. because at the time we were like – this works. This is fine. Like it, we were less about like, let's play in as many different spots as we can. Like, all right, this spot's mm. good. And like, this is like, we're, we're definitely like, we're, you know, working on, you know, working out the kinks and whatnot. And that was the definitely, Beatles had Hamburg. Exactly. You, you guys have the park. Exactly. When we Everybody. left, they were all, they were all crying. It was like the same thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Parkside Lounge was really big. Shout out to them. Um, yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, this dude, Mike Geffner runs or like used to run. I think he's still like involved, like sort of, but a really gr- uh, great group of people. And I like, guess it's, it's somewhat of a community there and um, it's cool. And he, he also, what is there? Um, a lot of like spoken word, which is really cool, which is mm-hmm. a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff they do there. And like, you know, a lot of, that's a great thing about open mics is it's super unconventional in certain respects. You got people doing all sorts of shit. If somebody yeah. just like oh, yeah. saying a monologue, you're like, I don't know where this is going, but like, okay. Um, yeah. 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 So I'd say that there's was, this guy, Victor Bernardo. He's a black albino and he runs oh, a, nice. he runs. Yeah. He runs. A, he's a great comic. He runs and he's blind. <laughs> he runs wow. this mic. He runs this mic where if <laughs> during the show, he, for any reason says, holy shit, he'll buy you a drink. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and so it just encourages people to just like be like, absolutely insane like i've seen like strippers i've seen like crazy crazy shit Um, oh that's great wow great uh great great plug for for victor bernardo yeah that's a good policy yeah good plug as well um okay yeah so you're doing so you're doing these mics and you're doing original songs how much are those songs changing because jokes change all the time Mm -hmm. i i have this you know 30 minutes of stand up. I do an hour show. And like, even though it's like, I've done the hour show, like the solo show, I don't know, 30 times. Like it is not final. Like it is changing constantly. And like big parts of it are changing. Like I'm like, Oh, is this, is the second act like wrong? (laughs) Like, does it need to be completely different? How often you guys with songs, it often feels like to me where I'm like, Oh, like you can see the bones of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in like the first or second playing, are you guys changing your songs a lot after playing them for people after getting a feel for them? I'd say the sh- the short answer is no, um, and definitely mm-hmm. less so than any like any like comedic process. And I've definitely heard that a lot. Is like you know anybody will go uh, any big name like you know like Bill Burr or Gabe Malika like they'll go to local <laughs> clubs and like work out their stuff in front of like smaller audiences and this that the other thing and constantly be like gauging the audience I think stand up is infinitely uh, I respect it and admire it so much as an art and yeah. um, definitely considering myself somebody who as far as going back as like things that make you feel things 
you know, in terms of like music for me growing up, it was always, always more of like laughter, whether it was like I would do mm. anything for a laugh growing up. And like yeah. a part of that was definitely like what we were talking about, like being a funny guy, like sure, like totally. But a part yeah. of it was like the genuine joy of like, I loved making people laugh and then like laughing in turn. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing so like miraculous as laughter. It's just like the, uh, it is like the top of the pyramid in my eyes. So I'm like yeah. infinitely admirable of, of everybody who does that. But then, and then again, like in terms of the actual process, it's so cool. Like, yeah, making music is definitely a give and take with the audience as well. But mm-hmm. as far as like the ongoing process of like gauging audience reaction, like, oh, that worked, that didn't. Like, I didn't think that would work, but that got a, a laugh. Um, mm-hmm. That to me is, is so interesting and cool. But uh, your original, your initial question, I'd say not really. Um, I think maybe as an approach, like comedians seem to be more inclined to want to do that. Like you, like it seems like a lot. <laughs> well, that—that's what you have to do. You, yeah, I mean, and, and like listen, I've been right there, even as like playing open mics, um, like ate a ton of shit, and like not as like I often think about like oh, I would have been cool if I could have ate this shit when I was like fifteen instead of like twenty-three. Like I'm way yeah. more fully formed, and it like somehow. Yeah. I guess it hurts more and also less because when you're a kid, things are like, you know, magnified, but yeah. for different reasons. But anyway, um, mm, well I think said. as a, a comedian, you seems like that's definitely inherently part of the process. Like you expect that to be a thing. Like oh, I'm constantly reworking. Whereas like an mm-hmm. artist or like as a uh, musician, I'm not sure if that's like quite as baked in. Maybe the feedback is different. Me, because totally. with stand-up, it's like it's each line. Sure. You know, yeah. each line, you're like, you're getting immediate feedback. With the song, I guess that's different, right? Like, people clap at the end. Yeah. Not almost, almost regardless. So you sure. have to sort of feel... I guess it's like what feels right to you. That's sort of more pure. Yeah. Because <laughs> there are things well, I think are funny that don't work. And I'm like, oh, they hated it. Now I'm oh, an idiot. They hate me. <laughs> uh, you're, that's, like, that's a good point. Like, it definitely... <laughs> It's funny, like, I can't remember if I heard somebody say this recently, that comedy, like, not that it doesn't exist, but, like, the the stand-up, like, the process and the art of it, like, in a way, doesn't, it like, hinges so much upon the audience. And, like, that is the thing. It's, like, the feedback, that's, like, the thing. Whereas, yeah. you know, and I think about, um, I've heard, you know, on various, like, podcasts of, of uh, comedians I listen to, like in the past year i've heard people say more of like oh like who and you know what's his face is doing more like uh like the drive-ins you know have you heard about like comedians doing like drive-in yeah, shows yeah. and whatnot um and that's got to be as if like shit wasn't hard enough now like you <laughs> like now let's you know add another barrier which to yeah. to make it about me again <laughs> like, no please it's, it's, playing your name's on the like, pod playing um shows and and which like a more recent show we did what's uh like going back a couple months where like the venue was putting up these like you know plastic slash glass like panes and you know boxing everybody into their like every audience member had their own like glass box and like there was one in between the audience and the performer as if like shit wasn't hard enough to create a connection now it's like great what the fuck yeah Um, yeah it's brutal but we're another variable here yeah it's another variable but to your point i think there is a point where like it seems more like you need that interaction to be sure like you there's no way for you to be sure about a given um mm. like a given bit until you get that reaction whereas yeah. like as if like i write a song and i feel good about it and like listen back to it 
there's almost a sense of like, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like this sounds good to me. It's tight. The parts are where they need to be. Yeah. Like maybe, yeah. you know, I'll like solicit uh, criticism from like a friend or something like, Hey, does this line work? But it's less so I think than comedy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to do that more where I'm trying to get more feedback from friends than I am listening to the audiences because the mm. audiences are, are, they're fickle. They change sure. certain things. will get a laugh one night. So I'm trying to be more like, Hey, watch this set. I'm looking for a tag for this joke. Yeah. Like, what do you think? And that's been really, really helpful because yeah. like I trust, I trust comedians more than I trust audiences. They're that better. Makes they're, a lot of sense. They've listened, they've listened to more jokes. Like they sure. just have. Um, sure. Sure. Um, Okay, Ryan. So we're reaching the point where I get to ask you fill in the blank questions. Okay. Um, oh, I love it. So let me, uh, Zoom got mad at me because I tried to minimize. Here it is. Um, okay. <laughs> so I have four fill in the blank questions for you. Oh, God, that listeners, of the, <laughs> listeners of the pod will know. I, it's just, a, I'm excited to hear the answer. Um, okay. Your funniest friend growing up was blank. Okay, let's see. Um, <clears throat> you can give me a few too. You don't have to rank them, but I would say these are the short answer, and it's like corny as hell. But um, my sister Allison is like Ooh. probably the funniest person I know by far. Like the yeah. funniest, funniest yeah. person. Like our senses of humor couldn't be more on the same page. And like, it's been a very cool experience, like growing up together, because like our senses of humor have like evolved together, and then sort of like there's nobody like her that that like she never can fail to make me laugh and like definitely at the top as far as you know like the long haul um yeah growing up pat beringle him and i definitely a different type of comedy definitely way darker but like yeah, yeah. Was, you're the friend that like you say shit you ever say something i don't know exactly your brand of comedy but i know for me it can air you know into like dark comedy more often than not and yeah you, know, you ever say a line where like people maybe you're not sure if you're like gauging the room like did that is that too much does that cross the yeah. line and yeah like with him it just seemed like there was no line growing up and it just like <laughs> it was like who can say like the just like the sickest shit and like yeah. do the sickest shit yeah. and that definitely like um we definitely like gelled in that in that way more than anything and then a lot of my other friends it was like just we were still like all doing dumb shit and just like mm -hmm. making each other laugh that way like we thought we were on the show jackass but um yeah <laughs> yeah, we the short answer. yeah for sure but yeah i think like pat and my sister as far as like the two that come to mind immediately yeah Th those, those are great answers i love that um the last great album that you listened to was blank wow oh man you know i'm gonna also do a shameless plug here i'm, I'm getting my own like <laughs> i've been trying to get my own like um musical type like q a my version of tiny desk off the ground and like i've been yeah. reaching out to some musicians and the reason i say that's funny because that's like one of the questions i drafted and now like <laughs> here we go um all right last great album i listened to um <clears throat> let's see I feel like a part of me wants to like look at my Spotify to like prime myself, but I recently yeah, um no it's all right. I'm gonna I'm that's that's not doesn't seem you can go off the dome. Off the dome. So um I recently heard Questlove on this podcast and he had said that um Stevie Wonder's journey through the secret life of plants was Ooh. like his dark side of the moon. And I'd never heard <laughs> of uh I've heard of Stevie Wonder like I've obviously heard of Stevie Wonder, but I only knew like the top yeah. 10 songs growing up like whatever they were like obviously mm -hmm. the ones everybody's heard that maybe yeah. can't name but like you've heard them um no. and he had said that and i was like whoa anybody who says that like any album is like dark side of the moon to them like i gotta hear this 
Yeah. And uh, I listened to that album all the way through as I was like visiting a friend somewhere and like had some time to kill in a given area. I was like visiting um, like Seattle or something. and was just like walking around the city and listen to that whole album. And that was really, really cool. So as far as yeah. like recent things go, that was definitely high on the list. Um, I love And then that. Um, Courtney Barnett, uh, what's the name? I think it is the Hopefulessness. That album is uh, a friend put me on to recently. And I think that's really well done. She has a great mix of like, like punk grunge, like folky type stuff. Very cool. Okay. Really enjoyed that as well. Can you say that one more time? The name of it? It was. Uh, I think it's hopefulessness. Hopefulessness. By by and who's it by? By uh, Courtney Barnett. Courtney Barnett. Okay. Yeah, she actually just cool. put a new, out a new album or is putting one out now. Which I think she put out the single. I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, it's really cool. Like her type of her, her type of like, she sings in a way that's like. You know when Bob Dylan just like saying shit, it's like doesn't sound great, but like he just like rambling, like sounds like stream of consciousness type stuff. It's yeah. in that vein, except she does have a pretty voice, so it's it's very interesting in that regard. It's very much like that narrative of like just telling you what happened in her day, but mm. it just she makes it sound at once like punk and like pretty at one at the same time, which is pretty cool. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That sort of reminds me of those like interstitial moments in uh in Good Kid Mad City when he's like yeah. talking when he's like talking to his grandpa. Oh, his grandpa like wants dominoes. Oh. Love yeah, that was that. like peak end of our college that was starting yeah. to come out. Yeah, um, big time. I remember I being love, like, What like, what is this? I, know. I think that's a great uh, as far as uh like creating shit as an artist, I think that is a, an awesome, awesome reaction to get from people. When people say mm-hmm. like from like a not like a a put off point of view from like a generally curious interested perspective like what is this that is some cool stuff yeah that's a victor renardo holy shit moment yeah Um, yes um very good answers ryan i'm a i'm a stevie wonder songs in the key of life guy nice. but i will, I will listen to love i will it. listen to quest loves uh a que- yeah <laughs> if it's good enough for quest love it's good enough for me <laughs> that's what that, those were my thoughts i think the actual the podcast was uh i think rick rubin and malcolm gladwell which is a very yeah, interesting they're doing a yeah. podcast right yeah they've uh broken records it's really cool it's uh they bring a lot of really cool people on. Um, yeah. And I think like one of the, sometimes like one of them will take over like hosting and sometimes the other. And it's really uh, Malcolm Gladwell coming from his background and like journalistic thinking. Um, yeah. It's really cool. And then Rick Rubin from his like musical experience background, but also he definitely gives people a lot of room to speak. Like he's definitely like a Zen out listener, which is pretty cool. Mm. But yeah, broken records podcast. Really cool. I think that's the one I was listening to. Very cool, and so and you're trying to start a time a, a regular size yeah. desk concert. Yeah, so I have a uh, like a twelve by twelve ish slab of concrete that I call backyard, which I am infinitely lucky to even have. You guys um, have a backyard, okay? Yeah, oh, that's right. You're in that got, part of Astoria where they exist, where you can find. Yeah, them. it's we got very lucky, and that might not even necessarily be true because I remember as we were looking for this spot, we we're looking for a three bedroom, and every one we were looking at was like quote unquote starter homes like one gigantic bedroom one medium-sized bedroom one that's like seven by seven for a baby and yeah, like yeah. one after the other like this sucks it sucks and then this sort of like fell in our lap last second so definitely happy about that but 
Um, it is. It has a. Ten, it's. It's tentatively called Homeward Sounds, and uh, it's. Yeah. I, I shot episode one already. I need to do the editing, and I have no experience in editing, so that's gonna be fun. But you'll learn. Uh, I, I learned from yeah. this podcast. You'll, yeah, you'll exactly. figure it out. I mean, I've been yeah. doing a lot of work with like music editing and like and, like logic, and um, mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I can hopefully take to it sort of quickly. But yeah, just like a space where I can have. Um, it's sort of like on the one hand a selfish way for me to just like collaborate with more artists and like you know yeah. meet more interesting people but yeah just like a mm-hmm. space to host musicians um, you know from like the boroughs to play like a few songs and like say a few things about themselves and their music yeah and how can you fit people to watch is it just like you yeah, and your roommates absolutely. So <laughs> you I and the NPR I, staff <laughs> yeah exactly um, actually didn't anticipate that being a thing but like um, as my, I had my first guest on, I'm going to plug Sean Cantatori here. Yeah, there we go. A, she's a very dear friend, but I was very re- uh, relieved to have her. She was like my, I really wanted to have her as episode one because I was still like figuring out a lot of shit at, like in terms of like, you know, like the mixing board, this, that, like the production, like intricacies. I was like, I mm-hmm. hope I don't look like too much of an idiot. So it was great to have her on in that respect, but she's also an amazing musician, Sean Cantatori. Mm-hmm. She's got some music on Spotify and elsewhere under Flounder Warehouse. And she, cool. I can't speak highly enough of her, but um, anyway, we had her and I didn't anticipate it being like a guest thing, but then like my brother-in-law was like, oh, like you doing that thing, can I come over? And then like my other friend was like, oh, I'll come by. And, it wound up being like five of us, which is pretty cool. So I think um, in the future, I think we'll try to do more of like that aspect as well. Hell yeah. I love that. That's, yeah. that's legitimately very, very, very cool. It, it, it's, um, it's exciting. And if nothing else, it just is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I, I have a passion project. Mel and Kim are going to sing on a show I'm doing um, that's music and comedy. Nice. At, at, at Caveat at the end of the month. And it's truly just like a passion project. It truly will not help my comedy career at all. It's not, I'm not going to be able to trade spots. It's not a comic hang. It's just like, I want to have this night. Yeah. Uh, and we Wait, have a so house where, band. Where and when is this happening? What medium? This is oh. Friday, July 30th at Caveat. In, where is Caveat? Caveat's like the Lower East Side. Damn, I'm actually, uh, I will be um, in Colorado visiting some friends that week, which sucks because that sounds like a lot of fun. But no worries. Can you but post send it somebody. Oh, yeah, I'll yes, send somebody in my stead that looks like me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right. They're just going to be wearing a GoPro or something. Or like maybe uh-huh. better yet, they'll have my I face. I could have live streamed it, but I chose yeah, not whatever. to. Yeah, whatever. That's a little uh, yeah, bag little of moment. shit that you're going to have yeah. to deal with. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, all right, two also, more. Also, shout out to Mel and Kim, by the way. I'm going to be I'll be reaching out to you guys about coming to my backyard. So if you're listening yeah. to this. Oh, that's that, fun. The, yeah, you invite me too. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely hit you up. Yeah, so I can just like come come hang out. That'll be fun. Exactly. Um, if, you, if you're starting high school over again, Whew. what what would be different? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I often think about that. Like, I, I often think about that in, in the terms of like, as I've gone through my music career, like music career and um, been like, I've given thoughts out like, Oh, like if I could have started high school right now, like a part mm. of me is like, damn, my friends would be very different. And then that leads me to like, eh, you know, I wouldn't change too much because like, I, you know, I like, I love my friends and like, I wouldn't change a thing. But no. in that respect, if we're going to, for the example's sake, say like, nothing crazy would be changed in terms of like me having to cut off relationships. I would say I definitely be more involved in shit like that. Like instead of just like running around, like stirring up trouble and making people laugh, I'd probably be a bit more, (laughs) I'd give like a bit more intent behind like Mm. making music and stuff like that. 
Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably just write more. Just had yeah. journals. Just everything you're doing now, just start earlier. That's start pretty earlier, much. Yeah. I wish I had, yeah. yeah, exactly. Started a thing in my backyard where I host local yeah. musicians. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and last one, Ryan, this is this I'm fascinated by. When you visit home, your favorite place to eat is blank. Wow. Okay. So um, my parents sort of recently moved um, from Garden City, but so like when we were in Garden City, let's see, oh man, it's a great question. I'm just gonna like take a, a cheap way out and give you like a few things and no, maybe please. I'll arrive on, maybe I'll like thus arrive on a one answer, but like I always loved going to Bagel Man when I was like home, that was Best. classic for breakfast. Like my local pizza joint, which for a while it was like plum tomato, but we had sort of a tumultuous relationship. Sometimes they mm -hmm. hit, sometimes they miss. But mm. like as far as pizza spots go, that was classic. Um, like the bistro in Garden City is classic. You know, oh man, I was home like, during the crap. pandemic. That was a, that was a good salad. Way solid, way solid. <laughs> salad in the parking lot. If you came into the, oh. seven, the the Seventh Street parking lot on a Friday afternoon, you would probably oh, see me man. eating a salad in my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's less depressing than if you're eating something else. I could yes, I could yes. probably we could probably come up with a couple more things that are like more depressed. Like at least it's like a pint of ice cream in your car alone. Yeah, <laughs> or like a Philly you know? cheesesteak. <laughs> yeah, it's like getting everywhere. I'll be a face. I'll be a mouth. <laughs> but um also most southwestern grill i've always oh, yeah. like there was one you know right near my house in stewart avenue and i've always definitely held them in high regard than chipotle like growing mm. up um their queso was just so much better like so the queso at chipotle is a sin do they it's even a travesty have, they for a while it didn't seem like they even had it or they were keeping it hidden because it sucked trust klashevsky trust me yeah you don't even, don't even look at it Okay, it's uh, not I, nice. I, yeah, I, it's it's not. But um, growing up, definitely that was like a definitely a hang. Um, yeah, that that was big. All just like chains, like nothing, like no like <laughs> mom and pop like places to speak of. Just like yeah, like Domino's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. AJ and I spoke a lot about pizza and just like us riding bikes to different pizza places depending Love on the it. type of slice we wanted exactly so it's big yeah. oh mama Teresa's. okay that's a, a oh, good the, one too. the buffalo chicken at mama Teresa's oh, is a real God. treat it's, national anthems have been written about it but <laughs> um that was a bit that was a little bit less accessible for me being i guess it's like in the end of the day it was only just like down old country road but it seemed like so much farther because you yeah, know there's a lot of traffic it's not yeah, a lot yeah. closer than that and whatnot um yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That was a cars trip for us. Once we had got, yeah, once we got cars, exactly. we we're like, yo, Mama T's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you heard about this place? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, well, dude, I appreciate you doing this podcast. Yeah, this absolutely. was it. I appreciate you having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to send you a message and you can, I can plug all the things that you want to plug. Sweet. That'd be, that'd be great. I appreciate yeah, it, man. And I'll be, it was I'll good be looking hanging forward with you. to you too. I'll be looking forward to hearing more. And uh, as my project comes along, you know, hopefully we get some jokes back there. That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, I'll do some. some I'll, I'll, not only can I do some jokes, I'll bring somebody funny who can uh, yes. who can hang out. That'll also, be fun. I didn't. I, I knew you sang. Not like it's one of those things that hearing you had said it, I was like, oh yeah. But like again, not being in that circle, there was so much lost on me. So like when I had heard you talk to Kim about how much you sang. Um, I was like, oh shit, I guess I didn't know you sang that much. But, yeah, it was uh, a lot. You, <laughs> I insisted it was, on it, actually. <laughs> do you still, feel like you, you, of course, which is a great thing about singing, like you definitely yeah. still can sing, right? Mm -hmm. like, and, and do you? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. When I go home, my sister and I will sort of like bang out some tunes on the piano and like sing some, har- she's really good at harmony and I'll just sing a melody awesome. and it's, it's fun. Um, it's uh, I saw AJ Holmes yesterday who was like on Broadway and he's like a musical comedian. He, he was on Broadway and then he wrote for South Park. He's like one of the most talented people oh, wow. on earth. And he did my show and he was like playing the keyboard and singing funny songs. And part of me was like, oh, maybe I should just like bang out a funny song. Like that could be yeah. fun. So maybe more in the future. It's you been should. on my mind. You should. And like the thing about that is like we were saying all these things about music and comedy separately. But um, another plug for anybody who hasn't seen Bo Burnham's Netflix special. I've been telling best. everybody and their mother about it. It is an absolute work of art. And yeah. what's even like what he t- hits on the head is that if you listen to the special, there's obviously a lot more than listening to it on Spotify, like the just the tracks. Mm. But even then, I found myself listening to the songs on Spotify numerous times because, like I was saying, we were touching on these things independently of one another. But then you combine them. It's like, damn, like. I just laughed and cried in one song. Like what? Yeah. 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 It's such a journey. He makes you laugh, but like the melodies and the music is so good as is his voice and like songwriting skills that I think I'd be like definitely more of an appreciation for that side of the art. And like, again, Sean Cantatori, like her and I had spoke at length about that because she was coming from music, but always had like, um, like proclivity for comedy. And now is just like moving in that direction of combining them. And I've mm. just been like, fuck yeah, do it. You would like slaughter it. Like as I watched this Bo Burnham thing, I'm like, oh, Sean, you could fucking like, yeah. you could d- not, not to like d- discount what he did. Cause it was like work of art, but yeah. like, she's so creative and talented enough to be able to do it. And I think um, like that medium is so amazing and definitely like speaks to me so deeply. Like the, the combination of comedy and art um, and music is just so beautiful. So yeah, do it, I mean, it's, do it's it. why I want to do the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe by I'll, start, I, uh, I'll start playing I, around. Yeah, by the time I, I solicit your attendance, um, you'll have <laughs> like an album. And you'd be like, actually, I'm too big for you now. So it's going to cost you. <laughs> but, but anyway. Uh, God, I, I can't wait to big time you, Ryan. That'll be, that'll be, that's when I'll know I've made it. What, what um, is that? What, what do you, oh, like to say like, just yeah, blow I'm too you big. Off. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, I sort of. I don't know I if you've I, seen my Instagram following, yeah. but. <laughs> Yeah, so when we last talked, I was at like 1K. Uh, let me check it out now. Because if your ratio We're pushing is way three. Up, yeah, exactly. And I only follow three people, so. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the cool yeah. move. You got to then go back and unfollow yeah, everybody. I'm, yeah, I've like, my ratio is apparently so out of whack. I have like two followers and I follow like 5,000 fucking um, meme yeah. pages. So yeah. maybe I need to clean up my act. That's why yeah. nobody likes me. <laughs> well, Ryan, yeah. this was really, really fun. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this um, was great. This is great. I'm and, really glad uh, that you reached out. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cheers. Sounds good. I'll see you later. Well, we did it. We got some Ryan Kachevsky on the podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, definitely come to my show at Caveat. July 30th at 7 o'clock. Come one, come all. It's important to me. So come check it out. Bye, everybody.